The way we consume and share news today is largely rooted in social media outlets, a reason why it is crucial that we look at what's being discussed <clears throat> online. From the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute, we are joined by Yerika Park. Good morning. Good morning. How was your weekend? Um, it was. Uh, it was. It was busy. Uh, my my fiance's uh, restaurant. No, my fiance's uh, grandmother passed away. So, oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. My condolences. Yeah. yeah. She was a hundred years old. Oh, led a full life. Yes, indeed. Okay, but uh, had the whole three day. Is it yes, over now? It's over now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, 수고했어요. Thank you. Okay. Well, let's get started with our um, social media minute. IU, one of the mega stars of uh, Korean pop mm-hmm. music, she's recently been accused of um, plagiarism. That's right. And uh, basically, uh, her agency responded to those uh, charges. I mean, she's such a high-profile singer. Uh, I- I've sort of been putting the story off. I mean, the the story emerged last Wednesday. That's mm. when the first reports uh, came out here in South Korea. But I just wanted to see how everybody responded. I wanted to find, find out more about the story. Anyways, here we are. So, six of IU's songs have been reported to the police for alleged plagiarism. Um, the singer's agency has so far warned that strong legal actions will be taken should investigations surrounding these accusations turn out to be false. Now, six of these songs reported to the police uh, include some of her biggest hits, including 좋은 날, Punongshin, Pipi, Kayawa, Boo, and Celebrity. And uh, the accuser is claiming that these songs are a result of plagiarism from local and overseas artists' past original releases. And is the <laughs> accuser... Yeah. Uh, an original songwriter. No, that's what's so interesting. Uh, he's not an original songwriter, uh, nor does he represent the opinions of the original songwriters. Now, of the six tracks, IU was involved in writing the lyrics for Celebrity, and uh, she also participated in producing the song Pipi. Um, here in South Korea, music copyright infringements are a civil case offense subject to complaint. Now, this means only the original copyright holder is allowed to sue for a copyright infringement. However, the law firm that submitted the file on behalf of the complainant reportedly told the local media that if a certain case is known to have habitually violated intellectual property rights, um, a third party is allowed to report the case. Okay. So... A little bit confusing, mm. but um, just seems like they're maybe trying to taint IU's reputation. Yeah, here. a lot of people are saying there. It, it sounds like there is some sort, you know, malicious intent here. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, and uh, even if the the complainant, uh, you know, is suing or accusing IU. Um, for the purpose of public interest, let's say, uh, copyright issues require a specific party claiming copyright infringement damage, but that is not the case here. This is uh, kind of weird. It is. <laughs> that they would you know, take the time and the trouble to yeah. go out and make these claims and, and file this There's kind a, of a complaint. There are a bunch of uh, YouTube videos uh, that are currently circulating where this accuser, or, or many people, um, 
who are supporting this accuser, uh, you know, their comparisons, direct comparisons to the song, to the, the to the song, or very short so, snippets so, of the original song and IU's song. Have you seen the recent case against uh, Ed Sheeran? Oh my goodness! Yes, he was in court. Yeah, and he was in court. Yeah. and he played. He played songs on. Didn't he sing himself? Yeah, as he, well. He, he yeah. played on the guitar mm-hmm. and sang it himself, saying that certain chord progressions are so prevalent. That's right. In music, yeah, that songs from 1700s mm-hmm. to the hits in the 50s and 60s all the way to today. So he was he was playing the same four chord uh, progression yeah. and singing just a, a dozen different songs on it, and he's saying I'm playing the same chord, but you know there's different songs. So That's you right. Can, you can't own someone can't own a chord progression. That's I'm right. I'm thinking maybe this is a case of similar. So that's why th- this particular case is so sensitive to a lot of people. Um, you know, depending on how the investigations turn out, this could lead to more similar you know cases where artists are accused of plagiarizing original works because of you know what you just mentioned, like you know certain chord progressions and you know patterns here and there it's really dangerous to um, accuse artists of plagiarizing simply based on that you know yeah um there's a the interview i think ed sharon had mm-hmm. an interesting interview on the howard stern podcast yep. or i think satellite radio show mm-hmm. and you could actually go look, check out the clip of him singing the different songs with yeah. just uh, one chord progression. You know what? I just want to mention one more thing about this particular case. What is most unusual is that the accuser is raising suspicions of plagiarism against the singer, IU, and not the songwriters. And that's why a lot of people are scratching their heads. Oh, okay. You know? So there's like a vendetta out. So, I don't know. It seems so Possibly. for now. Yeah. But we'll so have to see. How's the management? Uh, Team agency responding to this. The agency says it's been communicating closely with the songwriter since the beginning of this incident, and they said they will take strong action against indiscriminate accusations. So, I mean, this is not the last time we're talking about this story. We'll have to wait and see. All right. And uh, the second story is a feel-good story. Mm -hmm. A couple of months ago, I think just this past winter, and uh, one of our listeners on our YouTube chat have clarified that it was actually in New York. So an American couple. Yeah. Uh, There was a group of tourists, South Korean tourists, traveling through New York, and uh, they got caught in a really, really bad Blizzard. blizzard. And this couple took them in for a couple of days, you know, they spent Christmas together. Spent Christmas together. You know, you could see pictures of them all, you know, having a basically a big old slumber party in yeah, their living room. That's, that's uh, pretty much what it was. Yeah, and then the couple got invited back to Korea and they finally made their visit. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we covered the story on this segment before, but uh, these nine travelers were stranded in this, uh, you know, heavy blizzard. They, they spent the night at this uh, stranger's home. Now they're calling each other friends, right? Um, you know, they cooked Korean food. This Korean couple, they, they have had this interest in Korean culture for a really long time, so they're they're you know, cupboards and their pantry were filled with the all manner of Korean condiments like, you know, kanjang and kuchujang and all that stuff. So they, they cooked up a feast, actually, of Korean food and they had a good old time together. They even had like an electric rice cooker. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, the, the tourists, the Korean tourists were really surprised. 
Anyways, at a good old time. So what happened was, the story was originally shared by the New York Times at the time and uh, other U.S. media. The story went viral on social media, mm-hmm. actually. The, the couple said they had no idea the story would spread so quickly. I mean, I'm sure they weren't the only people in on the East Coast of America that, you know, gave a helping hand to those in need during this time. But, uh, you know, they were just doing their part, and uh, now they're famous, at least here in South Korea. So they're now in Seoul. They arrived a couple of days ago. They're here for a 10-day tour of Korea. They have obviously reunited with their guests uh, from that uh, unforgettable Christmas. And also the reporter from The New York Times who first reported on the story last year, uh, they are, that reporter is accompanying the couple as well on oh, this uh, cool. South Korean tour. Yeah. That's a little uh, bonus that comes with, uh, I guess, the perks of the job, <laughs> although it's not a very common perk. No. And it's not an easy perk either. They will have to, you know, write about write about the story, obviously. And KTO is jumping on the opportunity. It seems they're planning to produce a promotional video titled Korea Never Forgets. Okay. <laughs> Cannot let a marketing opportunity exactly. slip by. Um, so they're getting treated like celebrities here. They had like a press conference and yeah, everything. Yeah, they had a press conference. They're taking around. They they're being taken around all over South Korea and probably tasting all those delicious Korean foods that they like. Um, and regarding the story spreading so quickly on social media, the couple uh, said this during the press conference on Sunday. They said. You know, with all the difficulties that we have all been through with COVID, uh, you know, there's so much loss and pain. Uh, They said the world was actually hungry for a heartwarming story. And uh, that's why the story resonated with so many people. Uh, And apparently the couple received so many well wishes and messages on social media from just random strangers who heard about the story. They received cards in the mail, gifts of appreciation from Korean companies, even a coupon for a year of free fried chicken <laughs> at a major <laughs> Korean fried chicken franchise. So yeah, it's it's a really nice story. Well, I'm sure they're having a blast and I hope they I have hope a so. great time here in Korea. Yeah. Uh, I think they're just their story, their act of kindness really resonated mm-hmm. because you know all the stars kind of aligned. It was around Christmas of season, course. of course. Everybody was kind of exhausted, and it wasn't and just one or two tourists. It was, it was a group of a nine. Group of nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what was what also really hit at home or hit a home run with it was the um, social media posts. Yeah. And how just joyful everyone looked, yes. despite the circumstances right. that they were in. So right. I think that's what kind of mm-hmm. resonated with everybody. Yeah. Um, going back to the IU story, um, Tigerish Eeyore on our uh-huh. YouTube uh, chat. What do they say? She says, uh, didn't IU recently enter a new relationship? It sounds yeah. like a jealous fan. <laughs> well, could be a possibility. I think that's a very good theory. Yeah. <laughs> she did, right? She did get it. She did officially announce her yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Broke a that. lot of uh, hearts of a lot of Korean men out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sa- I'm saying she's one of the most eligible bachelorettes. Of course. Yes. People love her. Okay. The third story is uh, over in Italy. Pasta prices are skyrocketing. Yeah. So the government is reacting. So if, uh, you know, macaroni prices went up here in South Korea, do you think people will really care all that much? 
I mean, unless it just jumps up a couple hundred percentage so. points. Yeah. But anyways, in Italy, uh, where the food is part of the, the major, you know, cultural national identity, mm-hmm. uh, this is causing a national crisis, actually. Now, statistics show the average Italian eats around 23 kilos of pasta every year. That's a lot of pasta. Uh, Italy is also the world's number one pasta exporter. No surprise there. Uh, 2.4 million tons of pasta were exported in 2022. Anyways, the Italy... His government, Italian government, is on full alert at the moment uh, following this uh, national problem. Uh, and Italian consumers, a lot of them, are venting their frustrations on social media. Mm. You know, uh, they eat this every day. I mean, I have uh, Italian friends who, whenever they go on a business trip abroad, they, they pack, you know, packets of dry pasta noodles in their, in their luggage. To bring back? No, to eat. While they're oh. on their business trip to cook pasta oh, for themselves. Like, it's like Koreans packing ramen. Yeah, exactly. No, pasta prices rose roughly 60%, actually, compared to the same period last year. The average cost of the staple has exceeded $2.20 per kilo. And, uh, you know, this is this is interesting because the price of durum wheat has actually gone down mm. by 30%. So people are asking questions, wait, if the price of wheat is going down, why is the price of pasta going up so, so I high? Think it's like six, so you're saying 60% jump. So I think Koreans, if the price of rice went yeah, up 60%, then we they, would be reacting similarly exactly, to what exactly. Italians are right. reacting to. Yeah. So you're saying that the price of wheat actually dropped, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're kind of seeing a little delayed reaction because uh, the time that the current batch of pasta and product were produced, that's what we need to look at. Yes, that the, the current batch of pasta that consumers are buying today was produced when Russia's invasion of Ukraine was driving up food and energy prices. So the government is projecting that the price of pasta is going to go down mm. in the months to come. Right, and Ukraine is one of the... Uh, largest producers of, of wheat, wheat. Yep. in the world, mm. especially for the European Union Correct. and the region there. Well, Yerika, thank you so much for your time this Pleasure morning. As always. All right. Have a great morning. You too. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.